It's 1976. Apple Computer is formed by Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Bear, a novel about a lonely librarian in northern Ontario who enters into a sexual relationship with a bear, won the Canadian Governor General's Literary Award. The award for Holy Shit Moment of the Year went to John Carpenter for shooting a girl in the chest and leaving her for dead at the side of an ice cream truck. Gamezillamedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and sitting across from me, again, for the 65,000th week in a row, is Joe. <laughs> uh, hi, uh, LPJ. I might have been exaggerating. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I must have recorded more of these than I thought, or I don't remember a lot of them. Well, if I drugged you right. <laughs> I hope we did some good movies. <laughs> Uh, no, this movie in particular. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of good movies, uh, this week's movie is Assault on Precinct 13. Yes. The original, we should clarify. Yeah, the original from 1976. There was the remake with Ethan Hawke, Lawrence, um, which I also saw. Lawrence Fishburne? Lawrence Fishburne, yep. And um, Ving Rhames. Okay. Never seen the uh, remake? Have not seen the original? Well, okay, I've seen it now. <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the conversations we had is you wanted to do a movie that neither of us have seen. And Sphinx had the same comment, too. He wanted right, to do one. right. Well, yeah, because I, I think I told you kind of going into this when you asked me to kind of fill in for Sphinx for a while is that I wanted you to give me some movies because I would kind of just pick movies that I like or that I'd seen and stuff like that. So I wanted you to kind of just occasionally just be like, this is the movie we're doing, just watch it. So this was one of those instances. It was, and I picked it specifically because I had not seen this movie either. Okay. Um, I had seen... Well, I've seen a lot of John Carpenter movies, and I like John Carpenter a lot. Right. Um, we've done a couple John Carpenter movies on here. We've done, um, well, no, we did one. We, we did, did Big Trouble in Little no, China. No, we did two. Big Trouble in Little China. No, we only, yeah, we just did the one, Big Trouble in Little China. We haven't done any other ones yet. Right. Um, but I plan on it. Okay. So I, I like John Carpenter quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> and I know you like John Carpenter. Yeah, I mean, I you like I mean, Halloween. I like Halloween. I like Big Trouble in Little China. I don't know if I'm a hundred percent familiar with his entire, you know, uh, yeah, filmography. The, the thing, the fog, um, uh, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. I know I, I've seen, I've seen those. those. I'm, you know what? Here's something that's crazy, and you, you're gonna not believe this. I've never seen the thing. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> wow. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've seen parts of it. I've never seen the whole thing, though. Man, that is one of my favorite movies. That might be my favorite horror movie. Oh, wow. I'll have to maybe I'll have to check it out. Mm -hmm. It's really good. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, and, and this is one that I hadn't seen. This is kind of his first big movie. Right. And by big, I mean, you know, big as far as John <laughs> Carpenter goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Assault on Precinct 13. Um, the budget on this is $100,000. <laughs> whole, the entire budget was $100,000. They don't really have accurate figures as far as the box office goes. Right. Um, there was a re-release in 1979. In 1979, the re-release it made eleven thousand dollars. Okay. <laughs> um, so not. I don't know. It's hard to judge for. It's hard to judge on films like this how they did box office wise. Right. Only because a lot of it has to do with, you know, um, like 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 re-releases or right. or home video releases. Well, I, I can tell you uh, to kind of jump into this. I can tell you if you want to take a stab at the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score for this one. Uh, I know it's high. I think it's probably like eighty nine. You know what? It's ninety eight percent. Ninety eight. Ninety eight percent with an audience score of eighty percent. Okay, yeah, and that would that makes sense to me. I, I don't know if it makes sense to me, <laughs> right? Uh, but ninety-eight uh, percent is pretty high. But you know, we'll we'll get into it. Sure. <laughs> um, so, like we said, th this is yeah. I'd never seen this one before. Yeah, I had heard of it. Sure. I knew it existed, and obviously, I knew that there was a remake. But I'd never seen it. Um, didn't really have any. I I mean, I think I kind of basically knew what the idea of it was. Sure. 
Um, but that's about it. I mean, I didn't know much. Um, luckily, it was surprisingly easy for me to find. <laughs> yeah, it ended up being easy for me to find as well. Initially, I had a tough time and then... Yeah, it was just like, it was one of those things where I always check my, my cable box, my Comcast, and I had some weird, I don't know if it's like an app that's on my thing or a channel, it was something on On Demand, I could watch it for free, and I was like, okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah, I was able to watch it on Showtime, On Demand for free. Okay, nice, yeah, because sometimes with the movies, depending on when they came out, they can be harder to find, so mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. that's a challenge, but this is easy. Yeah, this one this one's become a lot easier ever since, you know, home video and, and the John Carpenter kind of collection. They, they did a re-release of this. In uh, the, I think, 40th anniversary in um, uh, 2016, I think they did like a big re-release of it. Okay. Um, so yeah, like, so like we said, it was written and directed by John Carpenter. <laughs> it was actually edited by John Carpenter under a pseudonym, pseudonym John T. Chance. Yes. Which... Pop quiz, hot shot. Do you know why he chose the name John T. Chance? Yes, I don't know if I had the exact wording on it right, but I did my research. It has to do with because this movie is a like an homage or basically like a modern retelling of the movie Rio Bravo. Uh-huh. Um, and I believe that that's the name of uh, John Wayne's character in Rio Bravo. That is correct. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, Carpenter wanted kind of wanted to make a a western. Combined with a zombie movie, believe it or not. Right. And I think I saw that it said that he wanted to make a Western, but he just he couldn't pull it off with the budget that he had. Yeah. Uh, with only $100,000, he kind of... Well, to make a Western film, it requires a lot of... Well, it requires specific sets, specific costuming, and that's just not in the budget for this film. They really had to film a contemporary <laughs> film... Um, and and sort of do a retelling of a western. In this case, he chose Rio Bravo, mostly because of the whole concept of it. Um, you know, a big shootout, basically right. in a in a in an enclosed space. And I read that he was a big fan of uh, Howard Hawks. I think it is that directed Rio Bravo. Yeah, he really likes Howard Hawks films. It's one of the reasons why one of the characters is constantly asking for a cigarette. If somebody has a cigarette, that's a, a, people smoking cigarettes is a Howard Hawks trope. In a uh, lot of his films. Okay, and I was wondering, I didn't quite get that when I watched that. Yeah, that was just like a like a nod to Howard Hawks. Uh, it was um, uh, the music is also, of course, with with pretty much every John Carpenter film, he writes all the music for it as well. Right. Uh, he is a musician. Uh, he has his own band, which we covered on the uh, previous John Carpenter episode that we did. Um, and his music is basically synth 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 music. It's all electronic. Uh, he was a big proponent of electronic music. It took him a long time to do the music for this <clears throat> because the synthesizers he was using, every time he wanted a new sound, they had to completely reconfigure the synthesizer. Because <laughs> it's not like a synthesizer where you press keys now and it produces different sounds. Right. You had to actually adjust things in the synthesizer to create whatever sound you wanted. Jeez. Uh, so it was a big process. It took, him, um, it took him three days to write the music, but much, much longer to actually record it all. Jeez. Uh, so we're going to play the theme music right now from Assault on Precinct 13. like it a lot actually it's very i mean like you could it's very john carpenter oh it's super john carpenter and and i especially like it because you know he set out to make a western combined with a zombie film and it has those qualities in it it has that kind of you know moseying into town western kind of 
kind of feel to it, but yeah. at the same time, it's got that eerie kind of quality of a, of a horror zombie film. Yeah, that I think that 100% kind of comes through how you're describing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and it's really interesting, too, because um, it is all synth-based. It's not like... It's not like he's got strings. It's not like he has traditional instruments, especially at that time in 76. People weren't really using synth music for for film scores. Right. Uh, and uh, it just really speaks to kind of his vision of the whole film. Also, uh, you know, having only a $100,000 budget, you got to save <laughs> what you can save. Yeah. You use what you have available yeah. to you. No, but I, I, I mean, I really enjoy the score in this. It's one of my favorite parts of this movie. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's one of his best scores, too. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. it's. De- I had never heard it until now, but it, that was immediately at the beginning. I was like, ooh, I like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how the film starts. The film starts with the music really kind of kicking in. Yeah, with the credits and stuff, and you get the music, that full score that you just played. So, mm-hmm. um, The movie, um, there is a bit of an issue as far as the MPAA rating with this yeah, one. Yeah, I read, I read about this. I thought it was kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah, and it had... It's got one. Re- I mentioned it in the opening, in yeah. the teaser, in the, the the opening little thing. Um, it has one real kind of holy shit moment in it. Yes, where he kind of he point blank shoots a little girl in the chest, and you see her chest kind of explode. Yeah, and then she dies. You don't normally see kids getting killed like that in screen. No, in fact, I think it maybe maybe there's only been one or maybe a handful of movies that have done that. Yeah, not. I mean, at least not so like graphically, like not sure. cutting away, not anything like that. Just like. Yeah, it yeah. was. It's it's a shocking moment. It was very jarring. Yeah, um, and so the MPA took a look at that, and they were going to give this a rated X because they didn't have NC seventeen at the time. Right. So they were going to rate it X. So he resubmitted the movie to them and cut that scene out. Yeah. But so they gave it an R. So, but then when they went to go release the movie, he just threw it back in. <laughs> yeah, which is like I can't believe that worked. That they were just like, oh yeah, we took it out, and then they're like, it's like we put it back in. Yeah, we, it's totally back in. Uh, <laughs> and that's because for lower budget films like this, they didn't really pay attention to him as much because they yeah. figured a lot of people weren't going to see him. It makes sense, I guess. But I thought that was kind of funny that they're like, yeah, we took it out. And then yep. put it back in. They were like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and, and later on, Carpenter said that he regretted putting that piece in the film. Yeah, I can see why. I mean, we'll get into it in the plot, but it just, I don't know. I don't know if it needs to be there. Yeah, I don't think it needed to. I think they could have implied what happened, and it would have been fine. Right. You didn't really need to see it. No, I think it's, it's there for, like, shock value, and which it delivers, but I think it's kind of unnecessary. Yeah, it's a little gratuitous. Yeah. Um, the movie, so the whole premise of the movie is there's a police precinct, that is uh, closing down. Right, they're moving to a new location. Moving to a new location, and they come under fire. Right. And the whole movie is essentially a siege movie. Right, them trying to stop these gang members from coming in and taking over the precinct. Or right. Or killing everyone inside, I guess. Exactly. But and, it's, oh, go ahead. Go on, please. Well, just because it's because we're, you're set up in the scenario because they're closing down the precinct that there's basically nobody at the precinct. Yeah, there's four people there. Right. Um. The whole, it's one of those movies where it's kind of a chain reaction. Right. Different things happening. It's one thing leads to another thing, leads to another thing, leads to a bigger thing. Right. Um, the entire movie starts off with uh, some, there's a, there's, there's, there's gangs, gang right. crime is we're, up we're, in LA. We're in Anderson, California, which we're told is a ghetto, our Los Angeles, California ghetto. And we're kind of introduced to a gang, uh, and it's basically like a police ambush, if you will. We kind of see this gang moving around, which I kind of thought was a weird scene because they're like, they're like in kind of like an alleyway, and the police are like, "Oh, stop, freeze!" They're like, and the roofs, and then they just kind of start shooting. Yeah, it's like I was like, okay, but like you didn't give them a second to like surrender or anything. They just said, "Hey, stop, freeze!" And then they basically just unloaded with shotguns and killed all these gang members. Yeah, it was really weird. Um, obviously, you know. Police work now is a little bit different than it necessarily was then. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was just a sign of the times or I, I don't or even know. Writing. I don't even know if back then they were just unloading on people when they had when you have the high ground like that you probably could have given them a chance to surrender. You'd think. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's a function of the plot of the movie, and they needed it to kind of as the catalyst to set sure. things in motion. Um, but I thought that was a little weird that it was like. Why say like put your hands up and then just start shooting? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was definitely a little jarring. Um, and, and so there's four survivors. Well, I, well, I don't even know if they're survivors. I think they're just other members of the gang. Like I don't know if they survived. I don't know that at least wasn't clear to me. I yeah, thought that, I thought that these were just 
six members of the gang that were out doing something and got killed, and then were shown like the rest of the gang or the leaders of the gang. Yeah, it could be. No, that makes sense. Because we kind of get, like, after that's the opening scene, and then we kind of get, like, over, like, radio. We kind of get, like, oh, there's been, like, a real juvenile gang problem in the area. Mm-hmm. And they mention that there's been, like, some kind of missing automatic weapons that have been stolen, and they don't know where they are. And then we're kind of taken to the gang headquarters, which we see they have all the automatic weapons yep. that were stolen. And they basically um, they do this uh, ritual um, it's a called blood oath. A blood oath. I think they call it, they keep calling it like, what is it? The Cholo? The Cholo blood oath. Yep. The Cholo ritual. They say they basically all cut themselves mm-hmm. and they bleed into the bowl. And they, I've read that they said, or I read what they say about it. It's a vow to destroy their enemies in full force, even at the cost of their own lives. Right. So they're like really mad at the police for taking out their fellow gang members. So they're doing this oath that they're going to get revenge on the police. It was real gross. Yeah, it was real gross, especially for you. I know you don't like blood. I'm not a big fan. Cutting, so. I was like, so, <laughs> so we're kind of set up with that, and then we're introduced to uh, one of our main characters, uh, Lieutenant Bishop. That's right. And he's like a highway patrolman. Yeah, California highway patrolman. Um, so Chips. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> he's Chips. He was newly promoted, though. That's what I couldn't figure out. Like, at first, they kept calling him, not, they didn't call him rookie, but they called him... Uh, they kind of insinuated that he was new, so I think he's just new to that particular job. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of confusing about that. But basically, so we're introduced to him, and we find out that he has orders that for the night he's being reassigned to Precinct Nine, District Division Thirteen. Uh, that they're closing the precinct down, and he's going to go there for the night. Which is like, okay, well, it's Precinct Nine, Division Thirteen. Pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> Do you know why it was changed in the title? Um, I think I read something on this where um, Carpenter wanted to call it the Anderson Alamo, uh-huh. and then he changed his mind. He was going to call it the Siege, mm-hmm. but then like the distributor of the movie was like, nah, we're going to call it Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah, because the number 13 is a little more ominous. <laughs> Which is like, I was like, as soon as that line came up in the movie, I'm like, wait, it's Precinct 9? What's going on? Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely not Carpenter's choice. <laughs> so um, so he's reassigned to the precinct with, like, what you said, it's closing, it's bare bones. We're then kind of introduced to our other main characters. It's a um, kind of like a prison transfer. Right. They're taking three convicts. There's Wells, there's Caudell, and there's Wilson. They're all criminals. Uh-huh. And they're, I think the, the Wilson guy, they kind of allude that he's on death row or... Yeah, he only has, like, a few days to live. So they're going to be like they they pick them up and they're going to be bussing them to uh like a higher detention prison or I think they're bussing them to their final location before he gets okay executed. I thought it was maybe just a more like they were in kind of like a local jail and they were going to like more of a prison somewhere. That's kind of the implication I got. Okay. Because I didn't think the other guys were on death row or anything. No, I don't just, think they were either. They were just convicts. And then we find yeah. out that Wilson his first name is Napoleon. Yep. Napoleon Wilson. Um, we're kind of introduced to all them. Like I said, they're getting on this bus, um, to take them to this other location. And that's kind of, they're kind of thrown into the mix and they'll eventually come into play more. Um, another thing I think we noted, and I think I read that this was like Carpenter wanted to give this kind of a, almost a documentary feel, mm-hmm. feel, feel to it. So there's a lot of like this time, this location, like you're right. constantly getting times flashing up on the screen, which I was kind of confused <laughs> when it was happening because I was like, man, this movie is big on telling me what time it is. Right. Um, but I, I, like I said, I read afterwards is because he wanted to give it a feel like it was a... Um, like a document, like like a, yeah, give it more of a realism. Right. Uh, and as at this point in my notes, I forgot, I think they only bring this up once, but apparently the gang, <laughs> the name of the gang where the members were killed is called Sweet Thunder, uh-huh. which I wish kind of came up more... Um, but it doesn't. No, it's a great name. I think maybe we should name the podcast Sweet Thunder. We're just going to change it. <laughs> Welcome to the Sweet Thunder Podcast. <laughs> um, so uh, Bishop arrives at the precinct. We're kind of introduced to who's left there. Uh-huh. Uh, there's uh, one, I, and I don't have his name written here in my notes, but there's one like actual officer. Sergeant Cheney. Okay. Uh, then there's like two, basically, I would say. Secretaries. Yeah. There's, it's Lee uh, and Julie. Lee and Julie. And there's, I think, like the captain of the precinct. Yeah, he's there just briefly. He's briefly kind of says, hey, you're basically just here to babysit this place from uh, now until 4 a.m. when the next guy comes in. Um, I'm going to the new precinct. They're going to be shutting down the phones. They're going to be shutting down the power. Yeah. You know, you basically just sit here. Just for, hang till out the morning. Yeah. until, yeah. 
So, okay. So then this is when this movie kind of gets confusing to me. Sure. So we're, <laughs> we're introduced to this ice cream man, okay? He's sitting on the street. We're shown plainly that this ice cream man has a gun, okay? Yes. Now, he's on the street. He's parked there. And the gang members, the guy that did the, the, the cholo. Mm-hmm. The ritual. The ritual. They're in a car. We see a scene earlier where they get a bunch of guns and they get in a car and they drive off, right? Sure. But then they're on the street and they're driving back and forth on the street. Why? I think they're just, they're looking, they're looking for something to provoke the police. They're just looking for something to, to do. <laughs> and they decided that that one block was the the best place to Well, I kind of got the opinion I kind of got the impression that maybe they were driving around that general area and this was all they could find. Okay. Cuz the the way the movie presents it is that they're like driving to one end of the block and driving back cuz you see him drive past this ice cream man like two or three times. Yeah, if not more than that. And he's mm-hmm. kind of like he's really getting a sketchy vibe from them sure. and he they like I said they make known that he has a gun mm-hmm. in his ice cream truck. We're also introduced, kind of, a, they're kind of introducing all these elements before they're ultimately pulled together. Right. So we're introduced. I don't know these guys' names, but there's a man. He's in a car. Yeah. With his daughter, they're kind of driving. They're a little lost. They're going somewhere. I still didn't really get what they were going to do. They were trying to get someone to live at the house, or I think. Um, okay, so I don't know if their mom, her mom, was dead. Like his wife has died or whatever, but she was the housekeeper slash babysitter of the girl. Okay. And they were trying to convince her to move in with them because I think the dad actually liked her. Okay. Yeah, like I kind of got that the, got that vibe. So they, they're, right. they're going to wherever she lives to try and get her to move in with them. Right. But he is kind of lost. So Yeah, he gets lost because there's no GPS in 1976. There is not. So they stop. Uh, one of the things, and it's a little thing, but you forget about it, like when, when they show the shot of Bishop going to his car, it's like watching him having to take out his key and unlock the door uh-huh. and open it up and then shut the door and lock it again. I was like, oh, man. That was like that was just a little thing. I was like, oh, yeah, sign of the times. Now we just all hit the button on our uh, key file. Yeah, it's but, like, oh, I forgot, I forgot how <laughs> keys work. Yeah, that was kind of funny. But so anyway, so he gets lost. Um, they he stops to use a phone <laughs> a phone booth another sure. sign of the time because yep. there's no cell phones to kind of get directions, and it's on the street with the ice cream man because uh-huh. so, they got to stop right because apparently the ice cream man is driving around in the worst neighborhood in the city right where this gang is happens to be going up and down the street seemingly for no purpose although you said that they're looking to provoke the police are you looking for trouble okay so this is uh, so she decides she wants ice cream she gets the dad gives her money. This is when she goes to the ice cream truck. The ice cream man is still... I, the, the ice cream man was so weirded out by the situation. I do not know why he was still there. I don't, yeah, why didn't he just drive away? I don't understand what was going on with him because he's just sitting there every time the gang drives by, just like mean mugging him. I don't know. I don't get it. Um, so she goes to get ice cream from him. He's kind of like, eh, at first minute. He's like, okay, what do you want? That's when the gang shows up. Like you said at the top of the well, show. Well, no, she buys the ice cream, walks back to the thing, realizes it's not the flavor she has. That's for. what it is. That's what it is. Then she goes back, and the guy's like, What do you want? And then the gang member yeah. walks up the side of the ice cream truck, points the gun, and just shoots them both. Yeah, that's that's what it is, right? She goes back. Because I do have a mm-hmm. note that says, Lesson, regular vanilla is fine. Right. Because she's supposed to have like some kind of vanilla and it's just regular. So she sure. goes back and that's when she gets shot. So the gang drives away. Uh, the dad goes, kind of sees that she's laying down there dead. She goes, he goes, he's very upset. Mm-hmm. She's dead. He puts like her, his jacket over her and he gets in his car and takes off after the gang. Right. Which like the gang had such a head start. I don't know how he ever caught up, but that's a I whole other thing. Um, meanwhile, while this part is going on, like on the prison bus, the one inmate called Al, I think. Is, yeah. Like he's sick. He's like he's got, really like, the flu or something. Yeah. He's like really violently sick. So like they don't think they're going to make it. They need to stop. So they're like, well, what's the closest precinct? And dun da da da, it's precinct nine. So they're gonna, AKA thirteen, <laughs> AKA precinct thirteen. So they're gonna take the bus there uh, to try and call a doctor and help out the sick inmate. Right. Um, I don't so, know why they didn't just drive him to a hospital. I don't know either, because I don't know. Maybe it's because they're they're prisoners and they wanted them to be secure. They didn't want them loose in the hospital. I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's one of my lesser problems with this movie. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so they they go to the the precinct and uh, uh, bishops are like, "Hey, this precinct's not functioning. Really, we don't yeah. got anything going on. It's closed. 
go up, go, doesn't he say like two blocks over? Yeah, it's like the, the new precinct is not that far away. No. But he, the guy, I think his game name is like Special Special Officer Starker. Yes. So he's insistent. So he's like, just let us put the criminals in holding cells. We'll call the doctor. We're good at taking care of. So Bishop agrees. They bring him in. Uh, meanwhile, the girl's dad is following the gang members. He somehow catches up to him. Somehow runs them like off the road, or they have I don't I don't know exactly what happens here, but they all get out of the car, and the one that had shot his daughter has like a machine gun mm-hmm. and like shoots and somehow doesn't hit the guy at all, and then the guy has a gun because he took because the ice cream man told him about the gun because he was like under the dash gun before he died, so the dad's got that gun and he shoots. And they, it's kind of like a misdirect. They make you think like he didn't get him. Right. But, but then the gang member, member drops dead. And, <coughs> excuse me, what I don't get is that <laughs> the <laughs> he like runs into the gang member's car. All the gang members get out. We know that they're all armed. Three of them take off, like running, like they're scared of this guy. Yeah. And then their gang member friend gets killed and then they come back. Right. And they're like super mad about it. So they decide to, they're chasing this guy. They're following him. They're all on foot and they're chasing him. And that's when this guy stumbles into precinct 13. Ninth slash 13. They chase him into the precinct. And there's like, at this point, there's like three gang members. Yeah. And the guy's catatonic. He can't talk. Yeah. He gets in there and he basically can't explain anything to him because he's like, we're supposed to believe, I think he's in shock from his daughter getting killed and he killed a man and just the whole situation. So he's basically like a basket case the rest of the movie. He doesn't say anything. I don't think the rest of the movie. No, he has no lines the rest of the movie. He just kind of sits there. So that's when they, when he comes in, they kind of find out they go to make a phone call. They find out the phones are dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, The power goes out. Yeah. I can't remember. Does the power come back on or is it just. No, I don't think the power goes out. I think it's just the phones that are out. Okay. Like they take the, uh, they take the telephone pole down. Right. Okay. That's what it is. So the, the Cheney, who's the officer that's there is like, well, I'll go out and use the radio in Mm -hmm. my car. So he goes out and gets shot. (laughs) Yeah. Like real quick. Yeah. And then in the back, uh, they're, um, I think that they're, I don't know why, why are they out on the bus? Because when this starts happening, because Starker ends up getting killed and one of the criminals and all the guards for the bus get shot in the back. Right. But I don't remember why they're back out there, I guess. They weren't back out there. They were, they hadn't unloaded them yet. Okay. They were getting ready to unload them because Cheney had just been, or they had just been talking to Starker. Okay. And then Starker was getting ready to have them unloaded. They were having, they're having trouble getting the bus in. Okay. Um, and so they were gonna have they were gonna have them all unloaded, and they were working on doing that. Okay, I got it. So, so the the two criminals, um, Wells and uh, Napoleon, right? They make it in, and they put them in the holding cells, right? And then we're into like a big scene of the the gang shooting up the station. Yes. <laughs> which is <laughs> where I have a note that says windows are getting shot. I get it. Because they, it's just window after window after window. Yeah, and they and it's like all the gang members' guns have silencers, so it's all you're just hearing like the you're not like you're just hearing uh-huh. like the glass shattering, and it's like it's literally like a two or three minute sequence of just like windows shattering. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> um, so that's when they find out like the the phone lines are dead in the whole area, um, and, and basically you find out now that there's a ton of gang members outside. Yeah, they take a look outside. Initially, they thought it was just like three or four gang members. Then they look outside, and you start to see all of these gang members kind of come out of the tree tree yeah. line, um, almost zombie style. Right. And uh, and and sort of take up space uh, by these four cars that are parked. Yeah, because there's like there's like the precinct, there's a road, and then across the street, there's like I don't know, like a parking, parking lot, lot, kind of yeah. like an auxiliary parking lot, and there's trees and stuff, and that's kind of where all the gang members. Yeah, there's are a line of trees, and then four 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 cars parked. Right. right next to each other. So then the gang members, they come up and they throw that that bowl of blood on the ground and they drop like yeah, a they flag. Mark the, they mark the uh, precinct for siege. Right. Because presumably they're trying to get to that guy that killed their gang member? Yes. Because, okay. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we'll get to stuff further. So they throw that down there. They throw some kind of flag on the ground. Um, the gang kind of starts, they start advancing toward the precinct. They're like pushing the cars that are across the street, kind of using them as cover. 
Um, the bishop who's in charge now, he decides to let the two prisoners out of the cells to help them. Right. Because at this point, because I think they find out during that exchange of gunfire, the other, like, secretary lady, she gets killed, right? She does get killed. Or yep. no, she gets, in the second shootout is when she gets killed. She's not dead yet. No, right, yeah. The second wave she gets killed. But they're worried about uh, guards coming, they're worried about um, gang members coming in from the back door. Right, which they do start to do, because, like, right. right is when they're letting them out of the cell. That's when, like, Wilson kind of gets in a fight with some of the gang guys that are coming in the back door. Right, right, right. Um, they, they get, they, so they let him out, they give, he gives Wilson a shotgun, the other gang members got a gun, and then we're, <laughs> we're treated to another sequence, which is like, I don't know, two minutes of gang members continuing to try and climb through windows into uh-huh. this precinct and getting shot. And I'm like, try something different. Like, they're, I mean, like, it is insane how many people they show climbing into a window and just getting shot. Like, seriously. Well, I do have something on that. It's not a pop quiz, but, uh, John Carpenter said... One of the secrets to making a low-budget film is extend every scene as long as you possibly can. Well, well, he extended that scene quite a bit because I, I was like, seriously, I was like, I have a note that says, why do people keep climbing in windows? It's obviously not working. Yeah, clearly. Because they kill like, I don't know, 25 gang members who are just trying to climb in the windows? Sure. Um, Lee's got a gun. She's She's wasting people. Um, so it kind of, they hold off like the first assault, if you yeah, will. Yeah, the first wave of, um, of gang members. And that's when they find out that during that exchange, Julie, she got killed, so she's right. dead. Um, uh, and one thing I didn't get, and I have this in my notes, is like, they kind of seal off the back door so the gang members don't come in, but there's dead gang members. Why don't they take the weapons from those gang members that like stormed in the back door, the ones they killed before they sealed that off? I don't know. Because they're talking about like, how low they are in bullets. You know, it's like, oh, I only have two shots. I have, like, two rounds in this. And it's like, they ran in with, like, automatic weapons. They should have grabbed them. You'd think, yeah. You, you'd think that'd be, that'd be the first thing they do. But they don't. No. They, like, they seal off that back door. Um, then they, they notice it, and I'm going to butcher this word, but what's that, the container they find that's in there? It's in the packaging. Oh, acetylene? Acetylene. There's a big, like... It's, yeah, it's, it's acetylene. It's fuel for a torch, basically. Okay, and it's like a big container. Well, they, of yeah. So they have, they notice that's in there, um, but that's when they're like, and they're kind of like, well, why hasn't anyone noticed this? Uh, like, someone should have drove by and seen this, and they kind of look outside. All the cars are back. All the dead gang member bodies are gone. It like basically looks like nothing's happened out there. Right, because they want to make they don't want to draw any attention to it if they can. That's why they're using silencers. Right. Uh, that's when the one gang member looks outside and notice the the cholo and it's like, oh, that means the gang's not afraid to die. This is to the death. You know, they're not going to give up. Um, but Wells basically wants to leave, and but they're kind of like, all right, well, what are you going to do if you leave? You're just going to get shot. You're not going to be able to make. Yeah, because they're covering. They can see him in the tree line. Right, and that's when they kind of talk about how they're uh, running out of bullets, and they're kind of trying to figure out what to do. I also have in this where the whole movie, like you said, Wilson's been asking for a smoke, uh, and he finally gets a smoke. Lee gives him a smoke at that point in time. So and then they have that weird exchange where they're talking, and it's like a weird, like, I don't even know how to describe it. He's Napoleon's just kind of strange to everybody in the whole film. Yeah, like, and I don't know. That was another kind of issue I had. I feel like we never, I mean, like, whatever. You don't have to give a backstory to everyone, but, like, they, I don't know. I never really got his deal. They never really explained to you why he's in prison. Yeah, they don't. They never, he says, I'll tell you sometime. Yeah, and then he never does. So it's, like, right, you never know. It seemed like he was kind of an okay guy. Like, maybe he was in there. I don't know. But it's like he was going to death row, so he did something bad. Well, obviously. <laughs> Um, so, uh, then we kind of like the, while this is happening, the police are getting reports basically that of like, oh, we think there's like firecrackers going off in the area. Or yeah. Potential like gunfire, but they can't track down what it is. So there's people driving around, there's cops driving around trying to pinpoint it, but yeah. they can't hear anything. Yeah. And they're driving around. They can't, they, and they're like, they're like, oh, should we go down here? And the guy's like, well, no, that's just like an old, like they're closing that station. So we're not going to go down that street and check it out. Right. The one street they don't go down. Yeah, so it's like, all right, okay. Um, so then it comes about that basically there's, in the basement of the precinct, there's like a tunnel, I guess, that leads into the sewers. Yeah, it's like an access hatch that leads to the sewers where the piping comes in. Right, so um, so they're like, okay, we're going to send you, because there's a car parked out where this like manhole cover is. So they're like, we're going to send you out this tunnel, you're going to get up in the manhole cover, get in the car, take off, and when you get free... Like, call the cops, tell them what's going on, and then they're like, well, you're probably going to take off, but yeah. just make sure you call the police. 
first. Oh, yeah. So um, it basically works. I mean, he gets um, <laughs> he gets uh, through. He gets out the manhole cover. Uh, he gets into the car and he takes off and he's driving and he, like he sees a phone booth and you think he's gonna make it but nope there's a gang member in the backseat of the car that shoots him and he dies yeah, that's right <laughs> and it was like gross too like shot him blood everywhere yeah it was pretty gross so that's when so they see this happen they're like oh no we're screwed so they kind of like decide that they're gonna make uh, their last stand in the basement of this place because there's kind of like a hallway that backs into a wall where they can kind of like at least bottleneck uh, the the gang members. Yeah, because they have like an old, is it an old door or something that they're able to um, prop up against the hallway? Well, no, I think that comes into play later because first they're, or in a little bit, because first they're just like, well, we're going to go down to the basement we're going to make our last stand here because, you know, there's the one hallway in it. Oh, that's right. They can keep them contained. Yeah. Right. So we can at least, you know, make the most of our bullets and, you know, but they're also like, well, what are we going to do? Because they probably know that they can get in from the sewers now. But, right. So they're like, well, we'll keep a gun on that area too. So that's what their plan is. So they get down there and they're kind of setting up what the plan's going to be. Uh, they, the, the bishop, he's like, hey... He's like, I still have three shots left. We could take and this is. I get confused about this too because he's like, we'll take the acetylene tank, mm-hmm. we'll prop it up against the wall, but then like the flares are involved somehow too. Like I didn't understand how the flares are involved. Oh, because the um, the uh, the bullet isn't going to set off the acetylene. Okay. The flare will. Okay. So the plan is to shoot the flare, I think, which will light on fire, which would then. Set the acetylene, which would explode the acetylene. Okay, so that's what I didn't quite get. That I didn't understand that they needed the flare to set off the acetylene. So they're like, we'll use this this metal sign to kind of shield us from the explosion. And basically, the plan is to let the gang as many gang members as possible get in there, blow the blow the thing with the flare, shoot the flare, blow the acetylene tank, and take out as many as possible. Yep. Um, so this time, the police are kind of finally still looking around, and they're finally. They basically come across, they're, they're stopped, and they hear like a sound like kind of dripping on the hood, and they go out, and it's like the, the telephone repairman, and he's like dead, he's like dead on the pole. dangling the wires. Yeah, yeah, and he's dripping blood on the uh, the car. So the, the actual, the cops are finally like, oh, okay, something's happening. <laughs> yes, there's something going on, so they call for backup. They call for backup. So, they, so the gang members at this point have decided to storm the precinct. Yep. Uh, you hear a lot of coma- crashing and commotion. 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 <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a lot you, going you on. You hear all sorts of noises. Um, so in the the gang banker, gang members, they come rushing down the stairs. Right. Thank you. With uh, with basically not guns or anything. At this point, they have like yeah. bats and crowbars and right. And they kind of they kind of start at the end of the hallway with the door and kind of let the gang members push them back. I uh-huh. think in an effort to get as many gang members as possible. Yes. In the hallway. Right. So they're they're pushing him back, and more and more gang members are filling the hallway. So they kind of get to the end, and he's going to take his shot. Yep. Um, and he takes the first shot, and he misses. Yep. <laughs> uh, he takes the second shot. And misses. And misses. And then he takes the third shot, and he hits, and there's a big explosion, I guess. It wasn't conveyed very well, I feel like, in yeah, the movie. Yeah, it was definitely a big explosion. They don't really describe exactly what it is. Right. So it, it takes out like uh, all the gang members in the hallway. Uh, they're safe because of the sign. I think at this point, I think a couple gang members try and come in through the... At yeah. certain point during the scuffle, they try and come in through that underground hallway and uh, Lee shoots them with a revolver because they still have two bullets in that. That's right, yeah. Um, then the cops show up in force, but pretty much At that point, the rest, of the, the rest of the gang's trying to retreat, so the... the Cops that are there that are showing up start to arrest everybody. Right, and uh, we Bishop Lee Wilson and the the catatonic guy they all yep. survive, um, and basically like they've kind of Wilson and Bishop have formed kind of like a begrudging respect for each other because because sure. they basically they wanted the cops want to take Wilson in the custody and he's kind of like no you leave him alone yeah he walks out with me yeah they're like, they're gonna walk out together so um, and that's kind of the end of the movie is they walk out together yeah there's really no. Resolution. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's a, I don't know. I mean, I have some issues with this movie. I okay. gotta be honest with well, you. Go ahead. And like the first thing I will get into is, and we kind of touched on a little bit, is like, I don't understand. I get that the gang members, they were upset because the police killed their 
um, other they're the other members of the gang, and they're like, we're gonna swear revenge. And they, they all they put the blood in the bowl, but it's like, and they have all these guns, but it's like they don't just go out and take the fight to the police. Like I don't understand their plan in the movie. Like you told me that they're gonna wait and try and provoke the police, but couldn't they just go attack the police? They seem to be driving a one block radius. Like I don't know. I just it didn't work for me. <laughs> Yeah, much. their motivation wasn't there. I think it's more just a, just uh, just an idea of, you know, the gang members are their only thought is to go and kill whatever's in front of them. Right. Like, I, they don't really necessarily have a specific plan. I mean, I I guess I could see that. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like they could have done this a little. He could have done a better job. Like, hey, this is the precinct where the cops came that were. That shot, you know, like these are. This is the precinct where the cops that killed our gang members are from. That's why we're going after this precinct, you know, not this weird coincidence where, hey, we're driving up and down this block and there's an ice cream man who's, you know, it's like I don't know, like the whole scene of the shooting of the little girl seems unnecessary. It seems like it's in there for purely shock value. Oh, it is one hundred percent. Which it succeeds, but I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't enjoy that moment of the film. No, and it doesn't seem to need to be in there. Like I think there's ways. It, it would be different. I still probably don't want it in there, but it'd be different if it was like, okay, I understand this is integral to the plot. I mean, in a way it is because it sets yeah. off the thing with her dad, but it's like, I feel like there's so many other ways you could have got to that point. Yeah, and you're right. There there are other ways, but this is the way he chose. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I just, it didn't work for me. Okay. And, and I understand we're dealing with a smaller budget movie. Yeah. And that's fine, but like, I didn't... I had to put this carefully, but I didn't I didn't get a lot of tension and stuff from the whole siege. Like it seemed like the gangs tried one thing, they got shot a bunch, it didn't work. Then they're like, okay, we're gonna give up for a bit, and we're gonna try again. I don't know. I just it didn't I think you're right. I think more tension was built up in the beginning where you didn't know what was going on. Right. You knew something you could tell something was bubbling. You just didn't know what it was. Right. It was just kind of uncomfortable feeling in the whole beginning of the movie prior to the shootout. Yeah. I think I think that the build up to it, you're right, is better than the actual siege to me. And I understand part of it is budget constrictions. Sure. But it just I don't know. I just I didn't it didn't really do it for me. And that's not to say I'm like, oh, it's an older movie, I don't like it. Like there's right. plenty of movies that are made in the seventies and uh-huh. earlier that I enjoy. I just I don't know. I didn't the the, the action sequences seem almost, I don't know, I don't want to say clumsy, but they weren't like, I don't know. They weren't crisp. It wasn't like, I don't know. You, no, you, I get I get what you're saying. They're, they're not, they're not like overt action film. They're not like overt action like we would see in a film now. Yeah. It's very kind of subtly, it's like disguised action. Or right. Almost like it's, there's action off camera. Right. And I mean, I understand what he was going for and the tone mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm just saying as like a whole... Like, a lot of it didn't work for me. Okay. I just found it to be kind of like, I don't know, maybe the pacing of it a little bit. Like, I get he's trying to build the tension, but it's also kind of like, I don't know. I just, there's something about it that just didn't quite work for me. And I'm, st- I'm kind of trying to work through it yeah, as but we you, talk about the movie, but I can't quite. You can't put your finger on it. Right. I'm not entirely sure what it is, because I didn't hate it. Yeah. It wasn't like I was like, oh, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. But I, I can't say that I enjoyed it. I can't say that I was like, oh, yeah, this is great, you know? Right. Because I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about it, but it's just something that didn't quite <laughs> didn't quite sit with me, I guess. Yeah, you're, you're right. Like, the characters, I don't know that I necessarily cared about any of the characters. No. We, like, don't, we don't get a lot about the characters. Yeah, there's not a lot of, there's really not much as far as characterization goes. And they're not, I mean, it's a low-budget movie, and we, we, we kind of glossed over this, but we didn't even get into the cast because it's like you don't know who any of these people no. are. You know, and, and I don't think anybody did a bad job acting. No. It just nobody did a particularly good job. I don't think that the actors are bad. Oh, we also didn't cover net worth because one, I didn't think I could find these people, and two, I think it would be like <laughs> Well, Carpenter you'd be able to find me. that's about it. Oh, I didn't even think about John Carpenter. I should have done that, but that, you know, eluded my mind. That's okay. Uh um we'll save that for a different episode. Next time <laughs> we do a John Carpenter, I'll look him up. All right. Um but yeah, they didn't do bad performances, but none of them really stuck out to me that much. Yeah. I mean, I kinda like the guy that played uh the the Napoleon Wilson. His performance is good. Yeah, he was good. But again, we didn't really get enough about him. Like I guess maybe they were going for something like, ooh, his background's mysterious. But to me it was just more like confusing. Like I don't know. Yeah, you know he killed people, but 
the the whole gag through the film was I'll tell you why you know everybody's everybody always asks him why he killed those guys right and I'll tell you later is yeah, always I, his response I think it like, never, yeah I think like two or three times like it comes up where people oh just ask the question people want to know like why he killed them yeah and I guess like it's not important to the movie that we know why but no. I feel like maybe it would have been <laughs> interesting to know sure and and one of the so Carpenter wrote the script in eight days and he <laughs> jokes that. Uh, the script came together fast. Uh, some would say too fast, <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some, I mean, it, it could have used some fleshing out, um, but I don't know that it would necessarily have impacted the story so much. Right. It would have just been more backstory. Well, I mean, I think for what Carpenter was going for, what he wanted to do, he probably accomplished that. He probably felt like he didn't need fleshing out of these characters. You mm-hmm. know, he... They were tools or whatever to get in the situation to get where he wanted them to be. So I think maybe from that point, he's like, well, the, we don't need to know anymore about these characters. Right. And it only took 20 days to shoot. Yeah, I did see that, which is like crazy. Which is like nothing. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I, I think movies these days shoot for like, I don't know, three, four months. Oh, yeah. And then, and then they have reshoots and... More reshoots. <laughs> post-production. Yeah, the post-production on just was just some random editing they did. That's about it. <laughs> And I did see that they said, um, and you kind of talked about this, but I that like I was reading that basically he wanted the street gang street gang to basically be like zombies, like he was influenced by like Night of the Living Dead. And yeah, kind of want these like nameless, faceless. Yeah, kind of like a mob, just like moving sure. in unison toward one goal and stuff like that. Which is like I think that part kind of comes across. And I think that's that's kind of why they just followed that guy because he was kind of like. He was their motivation. He was their food, basically. Right. You know, and they this is where he was, so that's what they wanted, so that's where they were going to go. They had no other motivation beyond that. Right. And, and I mean, I kind of get that, but also it's like they were so mad at the cops, and then they were like, ah, we're mad at this guy instead, so we're just going to go after him, and I don't know. I just, it was all a little too coincidental for me. No, I gotcha. But I also did read that, uh, talking about the gang, that they said that they he got a bunch of like USC students to play a lot of the gang members. Yep. Which is kind of interesting to me. Yeah, actually, those four main, uh, the four gang members that were in the car are all USC students. Um, one of them, Frank Doubleday, uh, is his daughters are actresses now. Oh, really? Yeah, Portia Doubleday and Caitlin Doubleday. Oh, yeah, I, I'm familiar mm-hmm. with those. That's interesting. He, that was one of the gang members. He was the one that shot the girl. Oh, okay. The mm-hmm. one that was uh, killed by the dad when his mm-hmm. other gang members bailed out of the car and left him for some reason. Yep. <laughs> Which I still don't get. Um, did you, do you know, did you read about the uh, John Carpenter cameo in this film? Oh, I did, but I don't remember what it is now. Pop quiz? It certainly is. Pop quiz, hot shot. So John Carpenter makes a cameo appearance in this film. Do you know where? I don't remember. He is a cameo as one of the gang members climbing in the windows oh, against shot. Oh, there you go. <laughs> because he was probably like, I want to have a cameo. What's the thing that happens most in this movie? And it was like people climbing windows and get shot. That makes sense. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. Uh-oh. How many deaths are in this movie? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I would say 40. Pretty close. 59. 59. There's 59 fatalities in this film. I would say that's that's believable. A lot of the gang. There's a, that's the one thing, too. Like, I feel like the size of the gang, I don't know. It seems to go from, it, it seems. To it, fluctuate? Well, yeah, and it seems like cartoonishly big, like the size of the, size of the gang. You know, like the, the, that many people that are getting shot. And I don't know. And, you know. and that was the weird thing, too. It's not only that many people. It's that many people of such a variety. Yeah. Like, it was a very... Diversity was not an issue for that gang. <laughs> well, they, they you know, it was just all those USC students, so I guess they took with they. But it was like, it was kind of weird because we're introduced to the gang with like, I get it, it's like the three leader guys or whatever. But then it's like next time we see them, there's like 50, 60 people outside the precinct. Yeah, so there's quite a few. It's kind of weird. And it's like, you think with those guys, I don't, the thing I don't get, and I understand that it plays into like the tension in the movie, but it's like they had so many people, like, w- I don't understand their tactics of like, oh, we're just going to shoot the place up. And we're like, couldn't they have just stormed the place immediately with the amount of people that they had? They certainly could have, especially if they knew that, um, 
There weren't a lot. There was obviously not a lot of gunfire coming back at them. Right. Well, and that's what I was like, well, maybe they thought it was a fully working precinct, but also it's like, I would assume that they would have gotten a more response if they were attacking a precinct that was fully stocked. Yeah. So I don't know about that, I guess. Um, I did see an interesting thing that they said that the... um, the new ad the the address for the new precinct that they they put a sign out in front of the, yeah. the old precinct that yeah. the, uh, that that was actually uh, John Carpenter's real address when he first moved to L A it's uh-huh. like one nine seven seven Ellendale or whatever and so that was what they said the as uh, the uh, address of the new precinct was and that was his uh, when he first moved to L A yep so um, I'm curious and I I mean I'm sure you don't have anything too prepared about this but you said you've seen the remake yeah, I have. of this movie I mean how does I mean what is the I mean just you don't have to go into the detail sure. but like what is kind of the difference between the two I haven't seen it in a long time um, it, they're they're relatively similar um, but uh, I think at one point they move from one building to another building okay uh, instead of going to like to the basement um, I, again I have I've only seen it once okay and um, I rented it just because <laughs> I had nothing else to watch. Uh, I, think, I feel like I remember the the only thing I really remember is it said that one takes place in like Detroit. Yeah, it? it's in Detroit and not L.A. Okay. Yep. And um, well, hungry. Uh, <laughs> We've been here a long time. Clearly, it's, it's late. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember. I remember it being pretty good though. Okay. I don't remember it being bad. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'd be curious now to watch it. Just yeah, to I was see. thinking about going back to watch it. I might watch it now just to kind of compare now that I've seen the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the initial reception for this movie was eh, not great. I mean, people didn't really get it. Yeah, I can, um, I can, I can believe that. Sure. Later on, though, uh, it's kind of gained cult status, yeah. and it's been reevaluated by critics, and a lot of people hail this as Carpenter's best movie. <laughs> which I don't know that that's necessarily true. No, I I mean I, you know, everyone's got their own opinion, but I would not agree with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would say that. Uh, they also uh, enjoy the pacing and the editing of the film as well. Okay, like so, it's it's edited well. The, it's 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 nice and tense in the beginning, like it should be, and it flows very nicely. Is what they kind of um, um, praise in the film itself. And I guess maybe that's where the disconnect for me is, is because I didn't really enjoy the pacing of it, you know, and the editing and that sort of thing. It just didn't really work for me. But I guess if it worked for you and you enjoyed it, I guess you could see why you would. I'll hold the movie in higher esteem. Sure. No, I agree. Uh, what else? Anything else you want to cover on this? Um, I mean, I've been through kind of, like I said, I've been processing this the whole time. And I don't know. Like, it's kind of a weird one for me. I mean, I, I do enjoy John Carpenter, but I just, I don't know. I just, I kind of struggled with this one a little bit. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> it was, I, I will say the good thing about it was that it was a short watch. It's only like uh, 91 minutes or yeah, something. Yeah, it's not so, very long. So I was able to kind of sit through it. Most of these I kind of watch, and whenever we're doing movies for the podcast, I'll kind of watch them in one segment and take a break and finish it the next night. But I sat down and watched this one all in one sitting. So mm-hmm. so I guess I enjoyed its finite runtime. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Is there anything that you didn't cover? No, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I, I said, well, let's just go ahead and write this thing. All right. All right. Um, you want me to go first or second? I'll let uh, you pick. Um, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, as you can kind of tell as we discussed this, this wasn't my favorite movie. Um, I, I don't think it was terrible. I don't. It, was, it wasn't like, oh, this is garbage. I, I can tell that it was, I mean, it was for being a low-budget movie, I can tell it was well-made. I mean, John Carpenter clearly had a vision, and he accomplished it uh, as well as he could. Um, I, I didn't enjoy, like I said, the pacing of it didn't really work for me. Um, I didn't really understand some of the motivations of the gang. I felt like that was kind of muddled and I felt like, I mean, I get that it was all in function of getting to the point of the siege, but I felt like it could have been handled better and in a clearer way. Um, I didn't, I think the, the killing of the, the girl was unnecessary. Um, and I think, and I understand this is, this is, Hard to say because it, I know it's going to sound. I know this is a movie. This is it did the siege thing and it did it well. But I feel like there's better examples of it that exist where you can watch the same kind of plot. And I was more entertained by it. Um, I don't know, and it, it's obviously because of this movie that these things exist. But I feel like they still. I, I find it more interesting. I don't know if you watched the. Have you watched the second season of The Punisher yet? Yes. Okay. Well, there's an episode in the second season, which mm-hmm. is essentially this same thing, like a siege on a police station yeah. where, like, the Punisher's being held captive mm-hmm. and they let him go to help. And, like, I find that to be more enjoyable than 
watching this movie. Yeah. No, I agree. And there's also, I don't remember the exact season, but it's like a fourth or fifth season, maybe third season episode of Supernatural. Yeah. Where it's kind of the yes. same thing. Where they're where in the bar? Uh, well, no, they're in the police station and the demons they're, are trying oh, to yeah, get yeah, in. Yeah. And it's a really good episode. And I it, agree. And it's kind of the same. I mean, it's the same thing. Yep. It's the same idea of assault. And these things wouldn't exist without Assault on Precinct mm-hmm. 13, but I feel like they do it better. And I don't know if that's because of budget or they're, you know, what I'm saying, they couldn't exist without this, but sure. I, I, I feel like, I don't know, I just enjoy, <laughs> I think I enjoy their execution better than the execution of this movie. Mm-hmm. The performances are kind of forgettable. Sure. I mean, I don't know. It's hard because I don't want to be too, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with two machine guns. Okay. This. So, because I don't think it's unwatchable, right? But I don't think I'd ever want to watch it again. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. That's I think what I'd go with. No, and and, and you know I, I definitely see a lot of your points. I mean, you're you're right. Um, there's clearly some motive. You know, the characters are basically throwaway. Yeah. You know, you don't doesn't really matter. The motivations of the characters are not fleshed out at all. It doesn't really. The characters don't really specifically matter. No. Um, they're just kind of there because they need somebody there. Right. Um. I think, I mean, based on what he was trying to do, he executed it well. Yeah. You know, he was trying to make a zombie Western modernization kind of hybrid movie. Right. And he did that. Yeah. Um, and there really weren't a lot of, at the time, there weren't action movies to sort of emulate like this. No. And like he like you said, he was trying to make a Western. He was basing it off a of Western. So. Yeah. I mean, and again, like I said, I, he succeeded in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and, and and I think it has a big legacy to yeah. it. Like it, it's it certainly paved the way for a lot of other things like Supernatural episode or The Punisher yeah, or other versions of this right. in other movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even something like Die Hard is somewhat like this. Yeah, I mean it's a blueprint for a lot of stuff that came forward. Sure, or came after it. Yeah, um, but you're right. I mean I don't know if it's. He got every ounce of that $100,000 on the screen. <laughs> it is pretty impressive what he was able to accomplish with that little money. I will agree with that. Yeah, I mean, he really, he stretched that dollar. Um, this this movie looks, I mean, it looks like a million-dollar film. Yeah, I would say that it looks better than what they got. To sure. It, so. No, I agree. So, you know, and I enjoyed it, um, but I think you're right. I think there it certainly it feels, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think people should see it. I really do. I think people should sit and watch it. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I. this isn't a movie that I would recommend to people. Yeah, see, I would recommend it to people only because I think it's important. I was like Not if, necessarily because it's great. I was like, if you're a John Carpenter completionist, yeah, you see, need to this, see this. But if you are looking for a movie, to, I wouldn't ever be like, hey, watch this. Right. But that's just me. I think I'm going to give this a three. Okay. Um. I think it's better than average, and I think it's important enough to be watched. <laughs> All right. I guess we're agreed to disagree on this one. Yeah. Because I, I kind of wanted to go lower, but you know what? I mean, kind of some of the things you told me about the making of it bumped it up a little bit. So. Yeah, all right. Fair because enough. as far as what John Carpenter wanted to do, yeah. he accomplished that. So. Yeah, no, it I just, would agree. Just because I didn't like it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. It just it didn't work for me. Yeah. You didn't, hey, listen, you don't have to apologize for your point. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So there we go. There yeah. is assault on precinct thirteen. Yeah. Maybe years down the road, when we're still doing this, we'll do the the remake. Yeah. Maybe. Probably <laughs> not. Maybe we'll revisit this. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe uh, maybe down the road we'll watch. Well, here's what we could do. We won't set a date on this. We won't put this in stone. Sure. We'll watch the remake and then we'll do a Patreon where we talk about the differences between the two. Oh, that'd be good. That could that could be something. Hmm. So we could maybe do that down the road. I like that idea. All right. Let's let's uh put that put that in uh I'll I'll table that. I'll put that okay. on the board. Put that's that on the whiteboard. A, that's an idea. People can figure out what the difference between the two is. This is me writing on the whiteboard. Squeaky, 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 squeaky. <laughs> oh, I just a, wrote on the whiteboard. Oh, your handwriting's terrible. It's, it's awful. I, came, <laughs> I was writing left-handed, too, and oh. it's still, yeah, it's not great. Uh, all right, so we've been the Last Action Podcast. We come to you every Monday on the GameZilla Media Network. Uh, so check us out on GameZillaMedia.com. Check out all the podcasts, Last Action Podcast, us, uh, the GameZilla Media Podcast, Noobs and Dragons, uh, Legend of Retro, Noiseland Arcade, uh, uh, movie uh, movie list, Bob and Bax. Um, I'm we got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, something whatever you're into, you can find something here on Game. Absolutely, Zone we got streamers. We got we got 
people putting stuff on YouTube. We got the blogs. We got it all. So come check us out. Yeah. Uh, we would enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, throw us some money on Patreon. We would appreciate that too. Yeah. One dollar makes you holler. No, <laughs> one dollar gets you uh, some some access to Patreon to uh, things like our our extra shows that we yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, we do special voting for different things. Uh, that we're voting on, like the music brackets that they have on Legend of Retro. Become a Patreon so you can hear the episode where an officer yells at me about the Thomas Jane Punisher. I didn't yell. You were mean in that episode. <laughs> but if you want to know, become a Patreon and find out. Yeah. Yeah, and send me mail. Let me know. Let me know how mean I was. Uh, anything, anything else you want to plug? No, I mean, I think you covered it. Like you said, I think there's a lot of great content for people to check out on GameZilla Media. All right, great. Well, in that case, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated, but we'll be back. <laughs>